Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lovely night here up in the Blue Mountains. I've been trekking up here around Emu Plains for the last couple of days, taking a break from the hustle and bustle of Sydney. After a couple of months in the big city, I feel the bush calling me. Well, it's great up here. Well, since the early 1800s, generations of men and women have made their way through these parts in search of wealth and a better life. In fact, an American fell in love with the bush. An American we've come to know as Walter Burley Griffin, one of Australia's most beloved architects. You can see his work all over the place. He helped design the country's capital, Canberra. You see, he fell in love with the Blue Mountains. So much so, he joined the Naturalist Society of New South Wales and had several expeditions in the bush. Well, this story is about one weekend. A weekend he kept to himself. And it was only discovered after his death in 1937 by his wife while she was compiling a biography of her husband's life and works. I started compiling information on my husband's career spanning over three countries and 30 years. He left me with a large amount of work to complete. I decided to call the book The Magic of America. Over the following months, I collected his drawings, notes, and started to make my way through his diary. I found an entry that left me confused and a little bit insulted. It was a weekend like any other where he would go off for a weekend hike. I stand on the platform, slowly undoing my mat. I'm hopeful the hike should take no longer than five days. Since leaving Canberra, I've had a great time exploring the Blue Mountains between design projects. I've been a big hiker since growing up as a child in Chicago and going out with my fellow Boy Scouts. I'm looking forward to exploring this region of Australia, having seen Canberra. This country's vast bush offers many opportunities to explore and learn. After a successful day's hike, I lay out my swag and look out over the blue mountain ranges. The three sister mountain range glows orange as the sun drops. I breathe in, satisfied with the day's journey. Not long after arriving in Sydney, I reached out and became a member of the Naturalist Society. I joined them on several committee meetings and was invited to bushwalks up and down the coast. The director provided me with a map of the Blue Mountains. He said, You come across some old abandoned mining towns if you follow this route. I looked at the map and traced the old track. I let my imagination run wild as I make my way up the steep hill. I wonder about the horse and cart traveling along this dusty road, and the bush rangers that lurked in the shrubs looking for their payday. I reach the crest of the hill, and I see a small town in pieces. Three cottages in total. Rubble, mostly. I smile to myself. 
I look through the old buildings. Perhaps a mining town. Perhaps a town on the way back to Sydney. I see old broken steel and buckets half rusted away to nothing. I spend the day looking around the town and its surroundings, looking for any treasure or keepsakes I may find. I watch as the sun sets and decide to set up camp. Tomorrow, I'll follow the track. I noticed two tracks leading off from the town, one on the map and another newer-looking track that wasn't there. I smile to myself and decide to take the road less traveled. I get up at the crack of dawn, eager to get on my way. The sky is blue and the mist is melting away. I decide to follow the newer track that was not listed on the map. I can see footprints and cigarette butts from other hikers. Fancy that, littering this wondrous land. They should be ashamed of themselves. I slowed over the course of the day, winding my way around the top of the mountain. I stop periodically to look back at the town as it gets farther away. The track takes me down around the back of the mountain where it enters a huge gorge that casts a dark shadow. I start to shiver as the temperature drops. I decide to set up camp for the night as the sun has set behind the mountain. It seems darker than usual. It takes me over an hour to find some twigs and bushes as the gorge itself is barren and desolate. I find it odd that nothing is growing here. No weeds or shrubs. Dead. After the small fire dies out, I tuck myself into bed trying to keep warm. I shoot up, taken out of my sleep. I swear I heard a voice. I stand up and look around. So dark. I look up. The moonlight is blocked by the mountain. I can barely see a thing. Even the stars seem duller. Hello? I yell. I reach down and try to light my candle, but the cold wind whips away the flame. I stand in fear for a moment, letting my eyes adjust. I lay back down on my swag and pull the cover over my head. I awake at first light shivering. I open my swag and ice cracks and falls away from the swag. Ice. It's, it's summer. I look about as light slowly creeps in the gorge. Shivering, I decide I'll need to get this fire going. I spent all morning collecting wood from outside the gorge. I dragged in logs and dead branches, 
I wanted to make sure I had a roaring fire. That might keep out the cold. The fire warmed me, and I made a cup of tea and ate some jerky I had made for the trip. I decided to explore the gorge. I walked farther into the gorge, following the side of the mountain, sloping deeper into the cold earth. Looking up at the gorge, I can see several shafts entering the mountain. Old broken pickaxes and carts lay about small walking trails that were cut out into the hard rock. I look around the gorge and started to see that this place was once alive with trade, pulling god knows what from inside the blue behemoth. I walk to the entrance of the mine at the base of the mountain. The smell is bad. My curiosity peaks, and I cover my mouth with a rag and enter, hoping I don't end up like the canary. I make my way down the little shaft, the small candle lighting my way. I stop as I notice something shiny on the ground. I look down, and it's a tin of shortbread biscuits. New. Unopened. I pick it up and pop off the lid. The sweet sugar smell wafts up. What is this doing here? I say to myself. I hear that sound again. I step back in fear. I hear a strange whisper on the air. I turn and look back for the shaft entrance to see someone. I'm deeper down than I first thought. I swear I'd only taken a few steps. I feel a chill and head back towards the light. Then I hear it again, clearer. I run up the shaft as fast as I can, the hair on my neck standing tall. I burst outside and collapse on the ground. The fresh air tears at my throat. I stand to my feet. My nerves are shot. I decide to head back to camp and get out of this place. The gorge is getting very dark now, and I dropped my candle on the way out. It's almost pitch black by the time I reach camp, just as the last light disappears behind the mountain. I'm not getting out tonight, I tell myself. I look down at the fire, which has gone out. I move some logs and notice all the warmth has gone. Cold blue ash. I start the fire and put my kettle on. I'll make my way back at first light. I didn't like what I heard in that shaft. It gave me the willies. After my tea and a few good lugs of whiskey from my flask, I resigned the noises to my nerves and imagination. I tuck into the swag and throw a few more logs on the fire. Four hours to first light and I'm leaving this place. I drift off thinking of my warm bed and wife beside me. I jolt up, awoken by those same eerie noises. The fire's almost out. I look down at my watch. 30 minutes. I was only asleep for 30 minutes. Then I see it. 
a gray, skinny, shirtless old man, his back crooked and hunched. I can see black marks all over his body. He's carrying a lantern in one hand and a pickaxe in the other. He slowly holds up the lantern, his matted gray hair covering his face. He spots me and begins to limp towards me, muttering his limerick. I stand up slowly as he makes his way towards me, not fast, limping, very slowly, muttering. I find the whole thing very unnerving. You stay there, you you understand? Stay there! I yell out. He stops, raises his lantern, trying to see out of the light it projects around him. I get a good look now. He has no teeth. His eyes are sunken in his head like some sort of corpse. Jesus, I say to myself. I jump up and pack my things away as quickly as possible. I look up and he's getting closer. I stand up and grab a log from the fire and back away. I bend down to pick up my bag, stand back up. He's gone. Just the blackness remains. A wretched smell hits me as I turn my head and there he is, reaching for me. I scream and back away, flaying the burning log about. I run down into the gorge away from this man who stands there laughing and pointing at me. I round the gorge to the mine site and I look up. All the shafts have small lights coming out of them. Ghastly creatures hobble in and out, carrying buckets of blue rocks, tossing them on the ground. One by one they point and laugh. I see the mine at the base of the mountain. I hesitate. I turn. There he is behind me. Close! I enter the mine. The putrid, wretched mine. I scramble down the shaft looking for a place to hide. I'm terrified. The stench is unbelievable. I move down into the earth. Suddenly, the candles littered down the walls all light up, and I hear it again. I start to run down the shaft. I start to see more items laid about on the floor, a swag, a shoe, a map, a rifle. I I pick up the rifle and turn around. The man is gone. I start to follow the minecart tracks. Down and down I go. I come to a cart turned up on its side and shine the torch on it. Underneath lays the skeleton of a man crushed. I turn and there he is close. He laughs loudly and I trip and fall back. I tumble down and behind the cart is a giant black pit. Over I go and at the last minute I manage to grab a hold of the broken track line and dangle from it. The torch falls down into the pit to reveal it's filled with skeletons. I look up. And there he is, standing over me, looking down his face, his twisted gray face. He starts to laugh and jumps up and down, trying to shake me loose. I hold on tight and watch as he bends down to try and get close. I reach out and grab his matted and gray hair and pull him over into the pit. He falls down, screaming and laughing. I pull myself to back out of the pit and start to cough. I stand up and stagger about. I reach over and grab one of the candles from the wall. I look down at the cart and notice a broken box with dynamite laying in it. I look over at the skeleton 
I understand what he was trying to do. I take three sticks with me and walk back out of the shaft. I look up and the sky is slowly turning a light blue. The sun is rising. I place one stick of dynamite near the entrance and light the wick. I run away as quickly as I can and dive onto the ground and cover my head with my hands. The cave. I look around and see the miners all staring at me, sunken and hollow things. They all look up at the blue sky and retreat into their cave. I know what needs to be done. I run as fast as I can out of the gorge and back up the winding mountain path. This place has taken too many already. I have to block its entrance. I lay the two remaining sticks on a narrow bend and light them up. I bolt around the corner as fast as I can until they both go up, taking out the path in a rock slide. It takes me the better part of a week to find my way back to a town. I'd lost my map and pack fleeing for my life. The local town folk saw me stagger into town and collapse through the local bar. I rested up for a few days and caught the train back to Sydney and to home. For the next few nights, I awake from a nightmare, dreaming about that crooked thing lurching towards me. My wife knew something was up, but I didn't tell her. In fact, I never told a soul about that wretched place and those bent-back things which lurked in the shafts. I can only hope the path I destroyed will keep other hikers out Thanks for listening to this week's episode entitled The Mind Shaft. The episode was written by myself and narrated by Seth Knopf. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time by the Billabong. <laughs>